2: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
3: We've already seen a significant change in the way the Washington Commanders execute their football operations, and from the sounds of it, it's likely here to stay. More on that and our thoughts on it on this episode of the Locked On Commanders Podcast.
4: Our Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every
3: day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the new WUSA 9 Plus app. Your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C. has a new streaming app that is a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Just download the WUSA 9 Plus app now from your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. We thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I am David Harrison covering the commanders for Sports Illustrated's Commander Country. And my co-host Chris Russell, the rooster one half of the Russell and Met show on the Team 980. Joining us from the Team 980, find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter at Harrison 82 at Russellmania621, and at LO Commanders.
2: The first team on Wednesday, but he was also seen doing a couple of other things that got us thinking, hmm, what else can A.G. do for Washington other than carry and fumble the football? We'll answer that shortly, but first, coordinator Scott Turner called his offense... From the field on Saturday, and it sounds like that's going to be something that the Washington Commanders are going to try out uh, for this season. Both Ron Rivera and Scott Turner talked about it earlier this week, David. Uh, and I, I'm interested in, in kind of having this, you know, discussion with you because before we get into the tangible benefits, just the fact that he's changing from the the the, the box, which clearly he favors or was comfortable in understandable because you can see the field better to the field. That is a pretty significant difference. But is it a – is it as significant as we make it out? Because as we were talking about before the show, you know, head coaches that call plays, your Andy Reid, your Sean McVay's, guys like that, they're all on the field. So you must right. be able to do it with relatively no problem, right?
3: I mean – You know, again, it's a stylistic thing. It's a theology thing. Some people are going to feel more comfortable in in one method or the other, and some people are going to feel more comfortable, you know, doing the opposite. I think the important thing really is to figure out what works best for you, your quarterback, your offense, uh, from from a systemic standpoint versus what you are more comfortable with as the offensive coordinator. Like, you know, sometimes as leaders and coaches fall fall victim to this too, sometimes we kind of get into the habit of that's the way we've always done it. And just because you did that with, you know, Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Alex Smith, whoever, whoever, going back all the way through your career, doesn't mean that's how you should do it with this new guy. And, and you know, they talked a little bit about why this decision was made uh, in recent days, and, and it sounds like it's basically made with with a good mindset moving forward. So whether anybody agrees with it or disagrees with it, the key isn't whether any other person would do it this way. The key is whether or not it is successful and gives them the best chance to be successful. And as long as that's why they're doing it, then, you know, people shouldn't have a problem with it.
2: I, I mean, I'm all about trying to make Carson Wentz as comfortable as, as you can. There's been a lot of, you know, talk yeah. about his his fragile psyche, if you will, his. Mm-hmm. Uh, ability to handle constructive criticism from coaches. So whatever works best for him as as far as I know every NFL coaching situation that he's had both from Doug Peterson and 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 um um uh right, and, and then Frank Reich or exactly both in Philadelphia and Indianapolis those guys have been down on the field with him, right? So whatever is right. comfortable for him. Here's the other thing that I, you know I, I guess maybe I I'm, I'm kind of wondering like during practice during training camp during the off season Scott Turner's not in the booth He's on right. the field. He's Just, he's right there. So maybe they saw how it worked and how it clicked with Carson, and that's why ultimately maybe they were leaning towards it, thinking about it, and then it pushed them over the top. Here's another thing, and, and I'm curious kind of like on your perspective on this, you know, we know the sideline communications in the helmet go out, off at the 15-second mark on the play clock, right? Boom. Right. So if the play call's not out for whatever reason or if – Coaching points. I used to. I'm not trying to big time anybody. I used to talk to Sean McVay about this all the time. Sean, why are you constantly talking in the? He said because a my play calls were long under both Mike Shanahan and Jay Gruden. Also because I'm trying to see like what I can see. Oh, they're in zone. Oh, they're in man. I'm trying to give my quarterback coaching tips and coaching points as long as I can. Well. If you, even when that communication goes off, David, at 15 seconds, if he needs to change something, Scott Turner, Carson can just look over to the sideline and he can just frantically wave or do something or have some sort of, you know, like yeah, sign yeah. system that gives him a little bit of tip. So that's one thing that you cannot have, you cannot do in the booth if you're Scott Turner.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And that's an advantage that you have is communication. You know what I mean? And, and communication is always a big part of problem solving and you know when everything's going well it doesn't matter if you're in the booth or on the field level everything's going well everything's hunky-dory but when you have a problem or when things aren't going so well that's when you kind of need to be able to reach out and touch somebody look me personally I'm a fan of coaches coordinators specifically if you're the play caller I think you should be down there on field level I would like you know I would think that if that was my job I would be field level because like you said it's 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 more personal you're in the mix you can see things plus you've got all kinds of coaches up in the booth. Like if you don't trust your, you know, who I don't even know who they who they have up there specifically, but if you don't trust your coaches up there in the booth, uh, uh you know, above the field to see things and to intellectually share things with you, then they probably shouldn't be working on your staff. You know what I mean? So you have yeah. smart guys up there. So really, with this, you know, they always say like, you know, two brains are better than one, three brains are better than two, all those things. It's a team effort. It's a collective, right? Scott's not the only one observing things. Right. If those guys see something, they say, hey coach, you know, did you see that or did you see this? Um, they can still do that, and now the benefit is now you have not only multiple minds working together to to, to notify trends and and all, or notice trends and all these things, but now you also have different vantage points because like I said, now Scott's down on the field, you still have smart guys up in the booth that are looking at things and coaches that are looking at things to help you figure out how to to best attack this thing. And you know, I, just from a from a from a con- communicative standpoint or a connective standpoint, the voice in the headset is just a voice in the headset. You know what I mean? but a guy, you know, man-to-man, face-to-face, talking uh, in this situation between Scott and Carson, that's more personal. That's more that you you can better feel each other and, and connect with each other. I always thought it was really weird watching the Buccaneers play during Jameis Winston's tenure with Dirt Cutter as the head coach that not all the time, but at, at time and, and a lot of times, enough that I noticed it and it was weird to me, during timeouts or breaks in play, Jameis would go to the side and be throwing you to, to keep loose and, and do all this other stuff, and Dirk would be talking to him through the headset. So you're both on the sideline, and instead of talking to each other in person, you're talking through a headset anyway. Mm-hmm. It just felt very impersonal to me. And then we see, you know, and I'm not saying that's the reason things didn't work out between Dirk Cutter and James Winston and the Buccaneers, but that personal dynamic, that human touch of understanding, I think that's very, very significant. Like you said, on the practice field, Scott's ten feet behind Carson. Now he can't be ten feet behind him, you know what I mean? But you right. can at least be in the same vicinity and going back to your signal system. You don't even need to necessarily talk to Carson if your receiver is, that's closest to your sideline. You tell him something, right? Boogaboo. And I don't know what boogaboo means, but whatever you say, that Jahan Dotson taps his helmet with his left hand twice, and that tells Carson Wentz, "Hey, we're going to take, we're going to hit a sluggo for a touchdown." You know what I mean? And So you can do those kinds of things.
2: Yeah, and just quickly uh, wrapping up this part of the conversation – It's that interpersonal community. It used to be pictures, right? Back in the old days. Now it's iPads, right? So Scott can actually hold the iPad and say, Carson, this is what I'm talking about. Watch this safety drop that. You didn't see this. I didn't. Whereas, like you were mentioning with Jameson Dirk Cutter, if that's on the headsets, hey, Carson, do you see what I'm talking about? See that? You know, it just becomes harder to visually communicate in so many different ways. So I actually do think this is a good thing as long as Scott. Scott Turner wasn't forced to do this, uh, isn't feeling real trepidation about it. Like you said, there's other coaches, you know, I I mean, Ken Zampezi is going to be up there. He's, you know, he knows what he's doing. Other assistants, uh, offensive quality control coaches are going to be up there that can see the field as well and relay whatever they're seeing uh, to Scott.
3: Absolutely. I mean, look, even if he's forced into it, just give it a chance. Just give it a chance, coach. You know what I mean? If you give it a chance and it doesn't work and we can talk about it. I think, you know, Ron's probably more than more than willing to do that. But give it a chance and let it see if it can work first. Speaking of giving things a chance, Chris, uh, the Washington Commanders are giving Antonio Gibson a chance to find a role within the offense as it looks a little bit more and more like he might be losing that that number one job in the running back room. What can Antonio Gibson do for the Commanders that may – may help him contribute, but also help mitigate his fumbling issue. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. And But first, we're going to talk about our friends over at LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. When I was transitioning from my first career to my next career, Chris, my first life to my next adult life, Um, I was on the job hunt. I was on all the job boards, and I can't tell you how many people I connected with on LinkedIn to go ahead and help me get that jump start. and I ended up with a smoother transition uh, than than a lot of people have, I will tell you that. Uh, And and that, that definitely certainly helped create a platform for me. Now our listeners and our viewers can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. to Spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and
0: conditions apply. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
2: All right. Once again, thanks for making us your first listen and your first view each and every day. We are part of Podcast Network, your team. Every day, however you play, get the latest NFL fantasy draft tips from Locked On. Fantasy Football and Locked on Dynasty Plus. Starting August 22nd, we're bringing you daily top ten lists for Fantasy Draft Week. It's Locked on Fantasy Football and Locked on Dynasty, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, David. We're going to get into this coming up. Did the NFL get it right in 2022 with the top 100? That in a moment. But right now we discuss the burning question, really, in all of Commander Land, and that is the short-term and long-term future of Antonio Gibson. So once again, you were at practice on Wednesday, and I know you saw some different things that has everybody yeah. going, huh, okay. <laughs>
3: Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, Antonio Gibson got some reps with the ones, you know, and I think that's what was kind of expected. A lot of people talking about, you know, was, was the reps with the threes a message? Was that just a message to Antonio Gibson from the coaching staff saying, Hey, dude, you got to lock this up. You got to lock it down. You got to get better at this. You know, you're, you're running out of, of runway here. And I think for the most part, I think everybody out there agrees that it was, it absolutely was a message to Antonio Gibson. You know, Coach Rivera was asked about it after practice on Tuesday and said that both, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson have gotten reps with the ones, the twos, and the threes. But I can't find a single person out there who remembers seeing Antonio Gibson take a rep with anybody but the ones until this week. So that's, that's very significant. Now, while AG was back with the ones, and then, you know, that's where you guys work now. You know, Brian got some work there. JD obviously got some work there as well. Uh, so that's significant. But again, you're not in pads on Wednesday, right? They're, they're not in pads. They got one more practice. Uh, On Thursday, I'm not sure what the tone is going to be as they get ready for Kansas City, but they're not in pads Wednesday. So, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, if you fumble without pads on, there's a there's a real big problem there, you know, obviously. So so not a whole lot to see there, but they did work uh, during one special team session. And and now I, I think people are paying attention to the special team sessions more than ever before. Now with everything going on. And Antonio Gibson was back there with the kick returners along with the other kind of the usual suspects, your Kyrick McGowan's, your Dax Milnes, uh, Alex Erickson's of the world, and all that. And I'll tell you, he wasn't just back there as a spectator. He was getting coached up. Like he, he was getting coached up on how to read the field, on, you know, where block, how to set up blocks and stuff like that. And, you know, you don't want to give away too much of what they were talking about, but he was absolutely getting coached up uh, to be a potential returner. And then later on in one of the team sessions, you see him line up split out wide, not just motioning from a running back position out wide. He lines up, split out wide. They actually end up, it was during Blitz period, they actually end up hitting him for a very, very big chunk of yards uh, on that that play. So they're doing some different things. I think really what it it identifies from the coaching staff is that there was a message sent, right? And, again, you don't see him with the third team. He wasn't in there with Sam Howell on on Wednesday. So I think that message was sent. It was sent deliberately. It was sent knowing that the media was going to grab it, run with it, Antonio Gibson as much as players like to say they don't read their clippings look people read their clippings he's going to see it he's going to see the reaction the fans are talking about it right it's going to be something that's in his head you're applying a little bit of pressure and at the end of the day if you're trying to make a diamond you got to have pressure one way or another there's got to be pressure to figure out are you are you a lump of coal that's going to crumble to pieces or are you a diamond that we need to get some 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 production out of so I think it's very interesting to see, but then it also kind of sparked the idea, the question of, well, what could A.G. do if he's not running back number one, which I'm not saying that's a decision that's been made just yet, but if he does lose that running back number one job, it looks to me like the coaching staff has zero intention on just sitting him on the sidelines saying, okay, A.G., you're no longer a primary feature of our offense, but you are someone who's dynamic and has a skill set that we can use in other ways.
2: All right, so a couple of things here. Before I get to the football part of this, when you said you were talking about pressure and no diamonds and all that, you know, Robert Griffin III used to walk around with a T-shirt that said, no pressure, no diamonds. That was one of his many, many I mean, slogans. it's true, but
3: unfortunately some 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 creatures think they're diamonds and they actually crumble into charcoal dust.
2: Okay, so. th- there you go. Uh, the football part of this, a couple of things. Uh, number one, I totally agree. It, it, look, Antonio Gibson's going to have a big role on this team still, or at least a role. Uh, I don't know how big it will be because it will really depend on his ball security. But a couple of things. One, at Memphis, when he was a natural wide receiver and not a running back, David, he also was a kick returner. As a matter of fact, I think he had a 97-yard kickoff return or a 96-yard kickoff return that I remember watching in the in the draft process, and especially after they uh, took him. I think that was his only one, but I would have to double check that. Maybe he had another one uh, that I'm not remembering. But we know he can do that. Number one. The other thing that struck me saw what you guys were talking about at practice today is, you know, a they're looking for additional ways to use him. B remember how. Uh, and and you were on special assignment Saturday, but I was there at the press conference at FedEx Field. The first thing Ron said, not totally unsolicited, but Ron general view of the game. He was pissed off at how many kick returns fell short of the 20. I believe it was three, two by Kyrick McGowan and one by Alex Erickson. I believe it was three of them. That's what I remember. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm wrong, but that's what I remember. And if, if I'm remembering that correctly, you know, he's like, well, wait a second. Kick returns are kind of diminished. But I got this guy and yes, he's got ball security issues, but I need him to go straight ahead and maybe the best way that I can teach him the value of going straight ahead and not dancing and not moving around and not sliding and just get, and get production out of him and hopefully build his confidence back and help my team because the other guys made dumb decisions is on kick kick return is what he wanted to say in English. So maybe there's a dual message here being sent. Hey, dude, we got to wake you up. You know, you are on punt protection earlier this week, right? We've got to find a way for you to really snap out of this because we have lost faith. We have lost confidence, but we can't lose you. And there's a difference between losing faith and confidence and diminishing one's role and sending messages versus completely losing somebody. They do not want to lose AG, who obviously has been a very productive player for them, but they've got to figure Mm -hmm. this out. And I give credit to this staff and to AG, but credit to this staff for being creative and not saying, ah, it's no big deal, no problem.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely, and and I think the, the staff should get credit for that because, remember, they're doing this in the middle of training camp. Like, yep. this isn't something that was planned. This isn't something that was on the schedule. You know what I mean? They're trying to take a team that's won back-to-back, you know, seven games in back-to-back seasons, missed the playoffs, disappointed, you know, all like they've got all this stuff going on around them, and they're trying to now do this in the midst of it while teaching a quarterback a system and a scheme that he's never operated before. Like, this isn't just, you know, kind of a ho-hum, you know, like Madden, okay, I'll just put A.G., And kick return, like no, like this this takes planning and execution uh, and consideration. So yeah, so I think the coach step actually absolutely deserves credit. But I mean, Chris, what if what if the craziest idea here with Antonio Gibson is to convert the former receiver turned running back into a wide receiver slash kick returner? I mean, like the the simplest answer sometimes is the best answer, and uh, you know most of his fumble issues come in traffic, come you know in, in in heavy contact areas. Well, if he's on the perimeter or as a receiver, going one on one against a defender, or as a kick returner, where typically, and you just kind of tell him, like, "Look, dude, if you find yourself in a scrum, just just get on the ground." Type of deal. Right. Though, I mean, you could end up with 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 uh, with quite a find on a weapon that can help your offense and help you replace DeAndre Carter, who I didn't want them to to let walk out the door anyway. I wanted them to try to secure him, and now he's balling out for the Chargers. Yeah, the only thing I would worry about
2: is sometimes as a receiver and also a kick returner is you tend to kind of shift, juke, whatever, to try and get yep. extra yardage, and that seems to be what they feel is contributing to Antonio Gibson's fumbling problem. So, you know, something to keep I'll in mind. But, and, and then the other thing, real quickly, is, you know, what you're basically describing is essentially a gadget play player, right, a, a, a gadget Okay, but you already have one that you've paid a lot of money to in Curtis Samuels. So how many gadget players can we have on this team? Just some things uh, to keep an eye on. And we will, of course, keep talking about this and monitoring, and we'll see who starts and who plays first on Saturday. My hunch is that you'll see Brian Robinson before Antonio Gibson, whether J.D. McKissick mm-hmm. or Robinson starts. That's my hunch. More my on hunch. that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. We're That's talking about that up. tomorrow. We'll get into that, absolutely. All right, one more practice before the Washington Commanders head to Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. We'll have final observations for the week from that on tomorrow's episode, plus we'll talk about the Antonio Gibson situation. But before we discuss all that, we have an important message for everyone watching and listening about drunk driving, and this is, of course, life and death and serious. Uh, You're hanging out with uh, some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few become a few too many, right? Uh, As the evening comes to an end, people start to head out, and you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. What can happen? You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway, right? You think to yourself, and you say, what could happen to me? And even so, what's the worst that could happen to you? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. How about you kill somebody? Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, it still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel when they shouldn't while they're under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives and to keep you and your fellow drivers and pedestrians safe. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few uh, drinks, guys, don't get drunk. Think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one minute to change your life. It's worth the money and change someone's life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over.
4: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: Final segment here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. And Chris, we're talking about the NFL Top 100 in this final segment. But tomorrow, we are going to wrap up the week as the Washington Commanders wrap up their week of practices we're going to drop some of our expectations and, you know what, maybe a bold prediction or two. I mean, you already kind of dropped one anyway. We might drop a bold prediction or two heading into Kansas City, what we want to see in this quote-unquote dress rehearsal as it is expected to be. But uh, as as much as we don't know what's going to happen Saturday, we can not actually kind of predict the future, Chris, on what's going to happen with the rest of the NFL Top 100 yet to be revealed as of this moment. And in theory – Right now, all we know is that Jonathan Allen is ranked number 88 overall in this year's list. But it turns out that because of the NFL themselves and NFL.com and NFL Media, uh, we also know that he's the only Washington commander on this list.
2: Absolutely. So they confirmed that for us, like you said, with Jonathan Allen's selection at 88 saying, quote, the only Washington player in the top 100, meaning Allen, he's been a key part of the commander defense in 2017 talked about 17th overall pick 27 year old alabama product registering nine sacks his first pro bowl so on and so forth but again like you said david the key words there is this is it guys don't even bother if you're commanders fan looking for terry mclaurin don't look for chase young and they shouldn't be looking quite honestly for chase young but don't look for terry mclaurin and don't look for anybody else certainly not carson wentz certainly not antonio gibson certainly not montez sweat or anyone else now Here's my question to you. With Terry not being on there, and we, again, know he's not on there because of how they presented it, is that an issue in your mind? C.D. Lamb was 95. He was the last pure receiver on the list in uh, in, in, in the 51 through 100 that they've already released. And Kyle Pitts is really a tight end, but he's a hybrid wide receiver. Played his rookie year just last year with the Atlanta Falcons, and I don't know how much success they're going to have with their quarterback situation uh this year. Right. I-, I take a little offense to this, if I'm being honest with you. David, I, I haven't had great quarterbacking situations. But we've talked about how values, how good Terry is, how good of a teammate Terry is, how good of a route runner he is, how good with his hands. He's better with his hands than C.D. Lamb. I'm just telling you, Cowboys fans, go kick all the rocks. C.D. Lamb is not better than Terry McLaurin.
3: No, I agree. As a holistic wide receiver, I do. I think Terry McLaurin is definitely above C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Um... You know, look the, the thing about the NFL Top 100, right? And, and I like the list. I like the buzz that it creates. I like the the, the videos that they do. I mean, NFL Films is always great uh, for a good football video, whatever. Whether whether it's a documentary or highlight reel or miked up, like whatever whatever they're doing, they do it pretty well, right? The thing about the NFL Top 100 is it, it gets a lot of of credibility because it's voted on by players, right? But Honestly, the the fact that it's voted on by players is one reason actually shouldn't be taken as seriously as it really is because at the end of the day it's a popularity contest. Like that's really what this thing boils down to. It's a popularity contest, and a lot of it is stat scouting. Because let's let's break this down here, right? So let's talk about wide receivers. So, you know, I don't know who all voted and, and all that stuff, but let's say you're, I don't know, Devontae Adams, and you're voting for the the NFL Top 100. Do you want to see a division rival on that list? Do you want to see a division rival high up on that list? And then when you, when you go out there, like if you're Devontae Adams, are you studying Tyreek Hill? Are you studying, uh, CD Lamb? No, you're, you're not. Even if you're studying other wide receivers, you're going to be studying other wide receivers that are similar to you against opponents you are going up against. Like, so if you're Devontae Adams, you're more like a Mike Evans, Keenan Allen type of receiver than you are a Tyree Kill, right? Not exact comparisons, but you're, you're more there. So if I'm going up against, I don't know, Jalen Ramsey, I'm going to watch what Mike Evans is doing against Jalen Ramsey before I watch what Tyree Kill is doing against Jalen Ramsey. So now let's let's take that to another step. What does Devontae Adams know about Tyree Kill? Well, he knows that he's super fast, that he's got a, a big personality, he produces a whole lot of yards. Cool. That dude must be wide receiver number five. So how much actual football analysis went into these rankings, Chris? That's that's kind of the point that I make. Not by any means discrediting the knowledge of the voting base. right? That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is the actual time spent evaluating this list when people are voting. It's an entertainment mechanism. That's what it's meant to be there. Uh, but the last point I'll make is every single year when this list comes out, what do you see across the Twitter timeline? NFL players complaining about the rankings. So – if these rankings are infallible uh, and the end-all be-all of rankings, you wouldn't have some of these situations going. So I would just say to everybody, like, I don't get mad about it. I do think Terry should be on the list. I do think he's better than C.D. Lamb and some of the other receivers that are on the list. I don't get mad about it because when you look at the context of how this list is constructed, it's actually really not even meant to be delivered to a, to a certain extent where this is, like, actually, like, if you brought this to court, it would get thrown out as as inconclusive evidence at best because, the the science and and the and the and the process behind it simply cannot give you an exact result.
2: Yeah, you mentioned players Andrew Whitworth now retired from the World Champion Rams and an NFL analyst you know, called it a sham, a joke, a disgrace. You know he said players don't even vote on it, right? Sometimes PR staffs fill it out, sometimes one player will fill out and be like, hey, I've, I've heard conversations like this across an NFL locker room, uh, mm. you know, where where players will basically vote and rank players the same way because they're buddy in the next locker stall or across the locker room or in the same position group. So there yeah. really isn't a whole lot of science to it. It's it, it's it.
3: Or college teams. Yes. We both went to Penn State, so I'm going to rank you a little bit higher. You know exactly.
2: what I mean? Exactly. Uh, it's, yeah. it's almost like all-star voting, but maybe a little bit more serious than that. But either way, it should be taken with a gigantic grain of salt. We know Terry McLaurin is really good. You know, next year, maybe you'll see Terry McLaurin. Maybe you'll see Montez Sweat. Maybe you'll see Jamin Davis there. I doubt it. <laughs> I was, I was looking, I was looking to make your eyes go, oh, <laughs> and I think you were so stunned that you didn't give me the reaction. I was so
3: I'm going, I'm going to keep my internal response to myself. <laughs> All
2: right. Maybe we can get back uh, into more of that, but we are out of time on this edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Again, we thank you guys for making your first listen and your first view of the day. As David mentioned, we'll be back with one more final episode before the Commanders head to Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Kendall Fuller's returned to a place where he won a Super Bowl championship. We will talk about that plus what we I uh, hope to see in that particular game on our final episode of this week. If you want to hop in at 301-615-3577 on the voicemail line, we locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Remember the message that we just imparted on you. Don't sure dare do anything silly like that. Drive sober and avoid getting pulled over and doing something you regret. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commander's Podcast.
4: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.